1: It's the Luke and Pete Shaw, I'm Pete Donaldson, and I'm
2: wearing sportswear. I'm not wearing sportswear, but that doesn't make me any Less better sporty. or any worse than Pete at sport. Uh, true, good
1: point, well made. Uh, yeah, we're back with some more Luke and Pete Shaw fun. It's the Luke and Peter show.
2: Why didn't we call it the Luke and Peter show?
1: Because uh, down here I'm not known as uh, Peter, I'm known as Pete, because you, you always introduce Londoners yourself, are lazy.
2: But you always introduce yourself as Peter. Yeah. Don't you? That's like a kinda of, kind of interesting thing about it. It's like a
1: fancy kind of name, isn't it? Peter. Hello, Peter. Hi no, Peter.
2: Yeah. Mm. Um how have you been, Loki? you been alright? Pretty good. Um, Had a full week? Yeah, it's been busy actually. I've been in no. I've been in no. the no. studio no. every day. No. Uh I won't be flying out to Lisbon with you tomorrow. Boom. I'm flying out a day later. Boo! Because tomorrow I'm doing some stuff with uh Dimitar Berbatov. <sighs> Not again. Danny you Kelly. right and so I won't Shumms be available until yeah. Saturday. Uh, yeah. Dimitar's asked for me to work with him again, so what can I say, you know? Um, I was asked to work with Catfish and the Bottlemen. You said no. Uh, I, s- I said, what's the money like? <laughs> I obviously said that.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I recorded at Abbey Road, Luke. All right. Um, they said, can you come down and do some, um, we're doing a couple of songs, can you introduce them? Yeah, fine. Um, can you also do the radio advert for it, for the song as well? out now on spotify out now on radio out now Finchy on the chief from the office not Finchy available chief from the office not available um and so i can technically say i've recorded a
2: voiceover at abbey road was it abbey road or was it the ecuadorian embassy <laughs> <laughs> when i went um studio 2 baby i took uh, my father-in-law larry who you've met mm. um, i took him to uh, abbey road mm. it was cool man he absolutely loved it and i thought it was just wicked to be there is it. there like a t-
1: is there not like a tour like available that you can probably sort of go is.
2: around but you know one thing that's interesting about abbey road studio in west london is that it's kind of off the beaten track, and there's not really uh, too many signs, if any, actually. There's one at Meadowvale, right, it. pointing you yeah. to it to to the um, to this this famous studio that made famous by the Beatles, of course, mm. in this quite off the beaten track, as I say, part of London. Anyway, yeah. there's a couple of zebra crosses on that road. Right. There's one a bit further down, which people sometimes um, mistake it for. And I right. noticed the last time I went down there, there was a sign said saying this is not the one; it's further down. When you go down there. <laughs> Any time of day. And I know this because I used to live about four roads away, mm. and I would sometimes get off the bus and walk down that road. And it would be maybe it's back in my back in my disco dancing days, Donnie. Disco dancing days. Yeah, maybe three in the morning. Triple D okay? Moor. Three in the morning. Yeah, there'd be people there. Yeah, and the, the the thing that baffles you about that is you can't get the classic happy road photo at night, mate. No, so what are you make doing any there? Sense. What are you doing there?
1: Unless you've got a really Unless you can stand really still and you can put the ice ice saw really high, yeah, <laughs> no, get tripped on the middle of the road, low, really but, low. But
2: it's got to the point now where I don't think anyone with any local knowledge of the area would drive down that road because you're stuck at that zebra no. crossing for you know a long, a long, long time. That whole area
1: just reminds me of um, a obviously doing um, a couple of gigs at Abbey Road and 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 um, you know announcing the band's coming out. And also, Was it a thrill
2: for you or were you just kind of a little bit um oh, mate, I've, I've worked there now. like 10 times Yeah, now. so you don't care anymore. Yeah. But I do, I do
1: like the, um, you know, I like my magnetic magnetic tape and analogue kind of recording devices. There's yeah. always um, a reel-to-reel in the corridor and you're like, oh, this is good.
2: Why don't you touch it? Well, you, I mean, you can touch it, but I mean, you don't, shouldn't really. You should take, yeah. take your own headphones, take plug it. them in, get cracking. <laughs> in my final year at uni, I learned um, how to edit using reel-to-reel tape. Yeah. It seems mad. Razors. Yeah, it little, little raisins a little stuff. bit of chalk and rising. But yeah. there was another night that I sort of... But then I also... I remember walking...
1: It was six o'clock in the morning. I'd had a heavy night. We'd end up at Rich Person's house. Probably only about three or four years ago now. Ended up at a Rich Person's house. And I was going to see Daniel Kitson in the evening. And I had to cancel going to watch Daniel Kitson because I just had... I'd had too much to drink. <laughs> it was six in the morning... And I'd come out of a party and I was like, just, I just felt... You've dreadful. got
2: 12 hours to sort yourself out though.
1: Yeah, I was just done. I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to enjoy that
2: later on. So then I rescheduled. If I to, were in uh... your position, mate, I'd have gone home, mm. head down, mm. woken up about one. Yep. Got a good bit of scran down me. Yeah, Sort myself out. Perhaps going for a run.
1: I had, to, I had to go off to work though. Oh, okay. So to you're straight really to work. No, straight to work at, fair at, enough, at one though. o'clock. I was just like, this was a bad idea.
2: In which case that's just not happening. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: I, um, d- I didn't indulge, but the party in, in, in question uh, was this massive townhouse. I think this guy was in the record industry or something, or he was the son of somebody in the record industry. Storming out of work.
2: Plates of drug, drugs everywhere. Peter. So everyone was just off their head. Not you, though. You don't indulge.
1: No, I did. Uh, I was quite forthright about how good I thought Jeremy Corbyn was to a, a cocked up man, though. Really? Uh, I've, I've since reserved, reversed. Yeah. I was on the cook who, emotionally, who do, who if do you not think, realistically. Out of the two
2: of you, who do you think, looking back, got is the more ashamed of that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, oh, well. Never mind. But Abbey Road is, um, yeah, is a place, and it's an interesting place, it's and I'm an pleased we talked place. about it. I love yeah. it when we talk about things that just come out of the blue. We haven't planned that. Mm. It's good. Um, episode 162 today... 162 is also the same, the amount of games played in a regular season of major league baseball which is kind of interesting. Oh yeah, you forget that they play like Monday, Wednesday, Monday like they play all the time, no that's crazy. 162 games for each of the 30 teams in the American League and mm. the National League, which means over 6 months there are 2430 games. You can
1: always get to see a baseball game, isn't it? It's weird. It's it's absolutely insane. Sumo wrestling The the season only lasts for like a couple of months. I'm I'm fairly certain. like Only a couple of months and then they're done for the year.
2: Well, don't forget. And they're just eating. NFL is only September to February. And and there's a big gap in between the final playoff games and the Super Bowls a couple of weeks. So I think they don't don't play a huge amount of games. But why why does the Premier League fit to
1: add game upon game or oh, rather right, the football wants to add game upon game upon game uh, when the NFL was obviously you know, al- not almost as uh, profitable but certainly a very profitable product why would you not want to add to that? Well
2: I think there's a couple of reasons off the top of my head one would be there, there aren't any competing um, associations Products, right, yeah. yeah, so it's just no all no done European by the by, yeah. by NFL and secondly I think there are serious limitations about what can be done physically by the athletes. Don't forget they've got like big, what they would call rosters anyway, far bigger than Premier League squads. And I think, as I said on on some of the football shows we've done and also on the radio, a lot of football these days tends to be the players being the pawns. Although they get paid really well, and I'm not trying to sort of sympathise with them on that level, but they they appear to be becoming more and more the pawns in a grand chess game between these competing associations. Yeah, massively. Um, yeah, but baseball, 162 games. There's a lot of room to go before the football calendar gets to that level. Too many, too yeah. many. But then in I baseball, you don't really have to do anything, do you? No, I think I've to...
1: throw it yeah, or hit quite, it. It's quite, it's quite a uh, lazy spot. It's a lazy spot. To watch, to be honest, people just get getting leathered. I remember going to watch one on a, on a Sunday in Atlanta and uh, just eating Atlanta Braves. Yeah, let's go with the Atlanta Braves. I like Atlanta. Yeah, I do like Atlanta. I'm going to be
2: passing through e.
1: near there in May. Um, but I just it was a zero 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 one match. Somebody got one run at, at the end. end.
2: I mean I don't even understand what that means. So zero zero zero, zero. Nobody got any runs. Um, I do a book club, I do a book club feature on TalkSport every Tuesday and they and we talk about the books we're gonna do mm. and uh but sometimes the other guys suggest one, like oh yeah, well, let's just do that because you've got to mix it up. And this mm. week we had to do Moneyball, oh, right, which okay, is yeah. a really interesting book, it's mm. a really interesting concept, and uh a lot of the themes within it are universal. But I mean, I had to preface it by saying, by the way, that you will not find a man in this whole building that knows less about baseball than me. <laughs> so I just want to get that out of the way early. I, I, I've, I've I, never been to a baseball game.
1: I didn't know you, um, big in Japan, really. Uh, no. I don't know why you, batting cage as well, quite big in Japan. We, uh, we, that's, we,
2: that's a fun night. But well, we talked about that, that curse of that thing being at the bottom of that river, didn't we?
1: Oh yeah, the KFC colonel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. What were you going to say? I can't remember now. I've lost my You friend. didn't
2: realise that I.
1: I didn't realise that you didn't like tennis. Oh, I hate tennis. Yeah. I think it's the worst sport going. Why? I don't it's I tennis. can't get into it. I, I, I quite like a bit of tennis every now and again. Posh, isn't it? I'm surprised you like it. It's po- no, but I quite like... You're a like, proper if it's on and there's like, uh and If it's on and it's getting to the end of like Wimbledon's and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't act at any, any other time, but I watch a bit of Wimbledon. But and it's to, a good
2: day out if, it, if it's sunny. To me, you can judge... pissed on Pims. You can judge the... Well, this it used to be... Yeah, I'm up for that. Mm. But... It, it, times have changed now because I, because, and we've talked about this before, most public events are now vehicles for people just to behave appallingly. Yeah. So we put, put that to one side. It used to be the case that you could judge the quality of a sport by its crowd. Right. And tennis crowds, my God, the sense of humor of a tennis crowd is, you know, is kind of like the yeah. worst thing in the world.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, it Andy
2: is. Murray's plan, someone shouts, come on, Tim. And everyone yeah. laughs. You know, it's pathetic. It's poor. Yeah. And they say, "Oh, oh, what's that happened? Oh, a tennis ball got hit into a, bo- a ball boy's head. You know, it's not funny, is it? Cliff Richard's going to do a sing song. Nick Kyrg- is it Kiragos? Nick Kyrios.
1: Kyrios. He uh, he's the bad boy of tennis, and he doesn't he does take no prisoners. He doesn't he, no he, does, he it, does underarm serves. He does f word every now and again. He shouts at the umpire. Sometimes
2: does a naughty swear. Does, he sometimes uses indoor
1: language. Indoor language, <laughs> yeah. outdoor. Yeah. But if there's a roof over the, uh, if it's clear." Yeah. Who knows?
2: And we're off to Lisbon this weekend to change yeah. the subject slightly. What's, what are your plans? Um,
1: uh, Obrigado. Yeah. I saw the Arctic Monkeys played Noz Alive in Lisbon last year and after every song. Obrigado. Was it? But if he's speaking on, part, on behalf of the band, she likes Obrigados. I don't know how it works. <laughs> but, woman, Obrigado, woman. Obrigado, man.
2: I remember at some point I've got a very, very, and I need to emphasize this, a very, very weak link to Arctic Monkeys. Right. And that is that I was working at the label when mm. they put their first record out, which for those of us who are old enough listening to remember was massive. Yeah. And I was literally, the, the link is so weak that um, that I was really just putting press releases into envelopes and stuff. Mm. It was It was pretty basic stuff. I had nothing to do with it really, but I was present, you know. Mm. I was in the room, if you like. I mean, you were post happened.
1: MySpace, so their journey had gone somewhere before that even happened.
2: Yeah, I know that. Yeah, absolutely. And they're they an option to not sign a record deal at all, but that's mm-hmm. that's a different story. Um, and um, you know the same way that with podcasting, that um, yes, we are like the Arctic monkeys. You're correct. Man. No, in podcasting, there are certain people. Right. I'm not going to name names. Marcus. Jim. No, 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 no. <laughs> Lord no no, no, no. No, no, no. There are certain people who um were present in the room when something in podcasting happened, right? So there were no podcasts around. The uh-huh. Big Bang happened, and there were a few yeah. of them, One of which the Ramble was one of the successful ones, but there were other ones as well. Right. And the people who were in that room, in my experience... Now have dined out on the fact that they're in that room for years to come and are now commanding where, big salaries as where, podcast experts. I'll tell you afterwards uh, who I'm talking who about. Doing this but anyway, I'll tell you who afterwards. who regards podcast as being I'll, a doctor. I'll, I'll tell you afterwards. Um, I know for a fact right. there's a guy, mm. and I'll tell you his name fucking afterwards, Donaldson. If you right doubt then, me, then, all right, right, fucking who is fucking currently like a six-figure salary right. as a podcast expert yeah. in quotes because he was in the room when a big podcast launched, right, and he had nothing to do with it. Can you anyway. give us a clue on the podcast? No, I'm not going to do that. Is it serial? Um, Arctic monkeys. Is it porno. Oh, Arctic monkeys. They had a reputation as being really fucking great lads. And I'm mm. sure they are from Sheffield. All that kind of stuff. Mm. Salt of the earth types. And and actually, a lot of their early success was predicated on that. Right? They were writing songs about normal everyday things in in suburban life. Mega dobbers. Quite the bingo pen you use. Yeah, absolutely. Could comparing have been comparing it. Compare it with a betting pencil. their, their, their first record is named after a passage from Saturday Night Sunday Morning that Albert Finney movie is it okay so they're really like can't be sold the other time and I remember being somewhere where they played a big show with a guy I knew from that time and Alex Turner came out and this was probably a few years ago they're playing at arenas Mm -hmm. Alex Turner come out looking like he does you know good on him but he came out and he went how y'all feeling London and it was like okay You've turned into one of them, have you? You've done that. Turned now. into one of them. Well, You've you can't just that. kind of just be a little Sheffield oik. It used to be a up, didn't then he? You, but then yeah. What's the passage from a up to how you're feeling in London?
1: No, it's it sort of sashayed. His voice started of, sort of talked a bit like this, you know. Uh, yeah, we started the album over here and then uh, and then we turn a bit back into the beetle and then we're American.
2: Yeah. Howdy. Now we look like Elvis. Yes. But, uh, but, yeah. I've got a beer in my bonnet today. I didn't it's, realize uh, yeah. you brought it sorry. out of me. I mentioned the Arctic Monkeys. I'm, I'm having sorry. a go at podcasters. I'm having a go at Arctic Monkeys. Why don't we have a go at Reverend the Makers? Yeah, I can do friends. that. They were can friends. They can do that, yeah. Can yeah. do that. They're still going, are they? Uh, yes, I believe so, yeah. Yes, good on them. Good on them. Yeah, why great not? Great band, great act. I've got no beef with people just as you can probably tell by people milking stuff as long as they can I I love that the Rolling Stones are still doing stuff it's great it's their songs do what you want with them you own
1: those songs he just had uh, Mick Jagger just had an operation didn't he 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 was spotted uh, in I think wearing double denim in his garden saying I'm going for a walk
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've just had my ticket tickled with (laughs) I've got a bit David Bowie (laughs) Isn't it like oh, this? I'm Mick Jagger. Isn't it like that? Oh,
1: right. Yeah, that's it. in the garden. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, wait, Ma- It's like an American trying to a British accent. And
2: what's your David Bowie? Hello. Is, there, is there clear blue water between them? Hello.
1: This, you can't do it without singing. Everyone, anyway, we, by doing a David Bowie impression, you're aping another podcast. Anyway, so am I what? Fucking, uh, uh, not
2: long with uh, Adam Buxton. He's just constantly about. Oh, body, is he? he? We did. Uh, yeah, so. Um, I've got a good story about David Bowie do you want to hear it alright then it's actually Danny Kelly's story but okay. I'll tell you it anyway. anyway um, he won't mind me telling it he won't mind when, it. when Danny Kelly was editor of NME hmm. they had I think it was in the 90s and David Bowie's bringing back this he came back with this record it might have been Heathen might have, I think it might have been outside one of those 90s records anyway. Yeah. where he'd been away for a bit and come Did back have
1: Thursday's Child on it have you told Possibly. this story in
2: the podcast before I don't think so no I okay.
1: don't think I have You've, I, think, I remember you telling me it in this room so I'm just wondering whether Mike's want the about the, the time. um yeah. about
2: Oh really? Have I told it? Uh, whack through it as quick as you can. Okay, I'll really maybe quick. yes, maybe no. Danny Kelly was the editor's enemy. David Bowie wouldn't do a photo for the cover for his new record, so Danny Kelly went and got a photo of him looking quite old. Um, went to a print shop. Back in those days, you had to go to a print shop to get photoshopped. Mm. They photoshopped the lightning bolt on his, on his old face, <laughs> which he wasn't happy about, apparently. But Dan didn't know he wasn't happy. So Dan got a phone call from Bobby's publicist. I almost said Bubbles Policist then. Um, <laughs> no, Bubbles Policist. Went around his house and because he, he thought he was going to do an interview for the for the record. Yeah. He was excited, got into this massive ridiculous kind of reception room or whatever, <laughs> sat down, David Bowie walked downstairs in the dressing gown. they never met each other before. Yeah. Kelly, Danny's a really big Bowie fan, of course, as everyone is. David Bowie sat opposite him, pointing in his face and went, you've been a very naughty boy and threw the magazine in front of him. And how did he say it? You've been a very naughty boy. <laughs> You sound like a serial killer. I Apologies, like the, of the, told the, that it's story the, before. It's the
1: weir side Jack of, uh, of of David Boyce.
2: If that was, the, yeah. I'm yeah.
1: David George. Bowie. George, George. I'm David Bowie. And I'm going to release an album soon. George. George. You've not got
2: any closer to catching me yet, George. <laughs> your your men aren't very good, are they, George? Yes, there are some there are some drum and bass songs on the album, George. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Little that's all wonder. That's the, you little wonder, little wonder you. <laughs> if that um if that story was garbled and too fast, no, it, was um, good. I liked it send me a tweet and I'll I don't know, I'll tweet it or something. I da- <laughs> do you know what I'll do? I'm getting i da- I'm working with Danny tomorrow. He's gonna come in and do some stuff. He can do it. He can tell the story himself. Can you do a Danny impression? He's just got a normal. He's voice, got quite he? nasal. always like that. It's sort of um. Yeah, I'm Danny right Kelly. Yeah, okay. and you are the listening millions. He's brilliant. <laughs> he's brilliant, Danny. Anyway, let's, a ta- Danny. let's take a break and um, we'll do some emails afterwards.
0: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend.
2: That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. They can sense the others down below. As they get hungry, they need to return to the sea.
1: That is the sound of a walrus bouncing off the floor
2: Julian Assange there <laughs> falling off a cliff you you call David Attenborough Sir David Attenborough possibly the greatest living Brit you call him the whispery man don't you
1: whispery man I just yeah. can't be
2: asked awesome with it all so if I said to you Sir David Attenborough is <laughs> a national treasure yeah. would you agree with
1: that uh, yeah probably he kind but of then, invented television didn't he uh, yes yeah. uh, but then I always thought of think be careful of who? Be you, ever of false idols. you got to wait until they're dead before you say that. Uh, apart from Bob Mortimer, who is genuinely a. Uh,
2: who would be off the top of your head straight away? Bob Mortimer. Male or female? <laughs> Bob Mortimer, Les Ferdinand. Who is Jack the Ripper? <laughs> 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 top five, top five male or female living national treasures? Uh, Bob Mortimer, Les Ferdinand. <laughs> um, These are just people you like, aren't they? Y- yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, but I just they'll never let you down. They will never let you down. David Attenborough never let you down. David Attenborough, yeah. Um, um, Danny who's Kelly. He's a fellow who, um, oh, gosh, his name. He's in, um, oh, he, he can't be international, can't be American, got to be British.
2: Who? What are you talking about? National Treasures. Yeah, got to be British, yeah. Oh, Why, can't we,
1: be adopted. There's... Louis C.K., what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I can't think of a third one. I'll
2: tell honest. you what, yeah. hello at com. With your list of national treasures, we've and done, We've
1: done national treasures. Did it about before. a
2: year ago. We can do it again. All right. Listen, the people who complain, Richard O'Brien, the people who complain, he's British. Yeah, the people who complain on this. I'm addressing the listeners. I was going to say Terry Crews, but he's American, so I can't have it. And
1: I'm addressing. And he let
2: himself down with some comments recently. <laughs> I'm addressing our pissant listeners directly right. here. Right, all right, pissant listeners. Those who complain that we repeat stuff on this show, yeah, from a year ago, suck it. Six up. months ago. I'm sorry, have you never watched a TV show or listened to a radio show before? That shit gets churned out all the time. And it may be with different characters. It may be with a different kind of mm. mood, but it's all the same. Everything's the same. Yeah. Nothing's different.
1: Oh, my text is the same on, on, on radio.
2: Exactly. You know the last time What's someone... What's that smell?
1: Text me at 12 15 The last time... Is your dad dead? At 12 15 What's
2: that smell? yes, it is uh, my will to live and my career going up in flames. <laughs> Pete, the last person to do something genuinely different creatively. Right. I'm going to tell you now. Who? 2002, Dizzy Rascal. I thought you were going to say Eiffel 69.
1: Uh, That's the last time someone did
2: something Blue.
1: Blue. Eiffel 65, I know. Well, that's the last time somebody did something interesting. Creatively different. Right. Dizzy Rascal 2002. You're just discounting grime and discounting...
2: Well, Dizzy Rascal was one of the fucking goldfathers of grime.
1: Yeah, but like, proper grime nowadays. (laughs)
2: What are you talking about? That's like that's <laughs> drill. It's called drill now, Pete. Get with the kids, yeah? Hello at Picture.com. I've been told not email. to get with the kids. I'm already a radio It's not good luck. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. For the emails, um, and some people have emailed him. Pete is going to enlighten you all with his first selection from the email inbox.
1: Yes, Kieran Judge. Hello, CJ. Um, hi, Luke Pete. Ice cream fugitive Kieran here, still above ground at the time of writing. I've muffed it up already. I've said his full name. Sorry, Kieran. Oh, yeah,
2: you fucking of him again.
1: <sighs> I thought I would uh, mail and share about a horrendous mistake my mum made with the Christmas card for our neighbours. In the mid 90s, we lived in northeast London. In in a bustling, multicultural neighbourhood where everyone just got along fine in that typical London way of basically leaving everyone alone. <laughs> yeah, our neighbours, well. our neighbours moved abroad and rented their house out, which led us to have a variety of neighbours in a very short space of time. My mum would always make newcomers feel welcome by baking a cake, having a chat and being generally friendly slash nosy. Um,
2: oh, you couldn't do that these days. You just go to gluten-free and dairy-free and all no, that. Oh yeah, I going to stab you in the face mate Yeah, you're going to bring around your bloody gluten-free nonsense. I'll stab you in the face with yeah. a Victoria sponge.
1: Our other next-door neighbour was a man in his 70s who lived alone and certain views which we can file under the category troubling. Right. In short, he made Alf Garnett seem left-wing. Problematic. Sid was a lonely man who would uh, regale me of the times where you could leave your door open, play football in the street, and despite all the hardship, everyone was happy until, of course, the foreigners moved in. Yeah. This view was particularly awkward because our family is Irish, and our mum and dad moved to London in the 60s, but of course our family is white, so we were just about okay despite having, in, in his eyes, a ridiculously large family. I have two brothers and a sister. <laughs> <laughs> that made parking a nightmare. I was 16 at the time, and I can't say I liked Sid much, but I felt a little bit sorry for him, and my mum would often cook him dinners, which would, would I would uh, drop around after school. Mum sounds like a complete a dynamo. She sounds great. She's social glue. She's community araldite. She's the grouting to the social tiles. Wow. Much to Sid's disdain, uh, a German family moved into the rental house just before Christmas one year, and my mum went through her welcome routine, cakes for the adults, sweets for the children, uh, offers of babysitting, etc., etc. Being so close to the festive period, my uh, my began the ca- ta- my began the task of writing her Christmas cards. Um, she could not remember the name of the father of the German family and made the huge mistake of asking Sid. Oh dear. We didn't find out.
2: The- <laughs> Sid probably called him Fritz we, or Adolf. We
1: didn't find out the mistake until about two years later when my mum told uh, to drop in a birthday card to Fritz that was by the uh, phone table. Fritz? I said, who's Fritz? My mum replied, slightly annoyed, our next door neighbour's number eight. So our next door neighbour's number 18? Uh, I replied, uh, "I replied, Mum, he's called Heinz. Yeah. So it turned out that my mum had been referring to him as Fritz in conversation, posting cards for Christmas and birthdays through our neighbour's door, addressed to Fritz and family. When I explained this to my mum, she was absolutely mortified and immediately went down to apologise. Thankfully, Hines was a lovely man accepting mum's apology and laughed it off. He thought it was a joke the whole time and didn't correct it as he didn't want to appear rude. Wow. This is
2: so awkward. What a saucy tale, Pete. Yeah, my
1: mum moved out of our family house about 10 years.
2: Hines? Hines saucy? Hines? Carry on
1: my mum moved out of the family house about ten years later after this incident and a number of neighbours came back to wish her well. All had a story to tell about Sid who had passed away by then. Highlights being the Romanian family he, I'm not going to all these. Not yet yeah, definitely not. Uh, but we also learned, at the end we also learned that he referred to us as the spud pickers. <laughs>
2: Speaking of old people, um, Pete, you know whose birthday it would have been? He'd been ninety-six today. One of your favorite internet things ever. Yeah, the guy would have been ninety-six today. Can you guess? Who? Sorry, who's who would be ninety-six today? A man who you who was one of the who was the subject of one of the best things on the internet, in your opinion. Oh, ninety-six. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, Mister Pigden.
1: Oh, it's his birthday
2: today. I think yeah, I, saw, I think I saw something. Yeah, me and Right posted it. Mr. Mr. What's his name? Mr. Mr. Pigden. Mr. Pigden. Pigden. They They said you was dead. Yeah, that's the one of the most emotional videos on. It gets you going every time, doesn't it? Pete. Ian Wright.
1: Any time I am hungover, I watch that video and have a little cry.
2: Ian Wright being reunited with his old school teacher is inspirational. I thought it was Mr. Pinkerton. Mr. Pigden. Ah, did you know that
1: uh, speaking of Pinkerton slash Weezer slash uh, Rivers uh, (laughs) Cuomo, Rivers Cuomo released two Japanese or at least one Japanese language albums. Do you know, he's obsessed with like Japanese. Any good? Young Japanese girls. Oh it's, a bit, it's a bit weird. It's a little bit weird. It's a bit rich. A bit rich for me. Massively rich for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not interested in them sexually.
2: No. No. <laughs> I like their beers and their cultures. <laughs> and you like getting run over by their moped yeah, riders. Moped. That's career. That that That's career. And what about this from Finn? Finn. I've, I've titled this email. Respected. A young man emails in and oh God, please don't let this be the start of something. Oh God. Hello fellas, long time listener, first time emailer, as they like to say. My name is Finn and I'm from Brisbane, Australia. One of the most boring cities I've ever visited. But Uh-oh. that's a different story. After hearing all the chat about the bids for the oldest Luke and Pete show listener, of course, on Monday, okay. I think we had a sixty-nine year old listener called Nigel. Um, I decided I would like to bid for the youngest Luke and Pete show listener. I am 19 years old. Oh, get out. We got plenty of younger listeners than that. I don't think we should have anyone younger than that. Why? Because it's meh, watershed. Stop talking about my my my, 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 my. <laughs> It's the end of the
1: show. Uh, bye. Stop talking about my ass then.
2: Why? My ass. It's not your ass, it's your um, constipation. <laughs> um, Finn says Hope, hopefully this can start a thread of us useful listeners sending youthful listeners sending in more correspondence. Thanks, guys, and love the show. Finn. Finn, I don't really want to hear of anyone listening to this show's under 18. Right. Because of some of your output, Donaldson.
1: And John McNamara. Hi, guys. I have a story that I feel would enrich your lives. In my younger years, I worked for a tree surgeon company in uh,
2: Northern Ireland. I saw this email in the inbox. I skipped we past it. We took a beamish young chap I didn't Portadown, do what I normally do, which is delete it to stop you seeing it. Who was, And now we're all going to pay the
1: price. Who was an impressive operator. His skills were so good that within a month or so, we felt confident in sending him out to do small jobs on his own. We had a pruning job in a residential area. Very simple, really. So he went. Uh, so he sent Bill down to do the work on his own. A few hours later, the phone rang, and I answered it. It was. It was a disgruntled priest. <laughs> he asked. <laughs> he asked. He asked politely if he was speaking to Michael Large Tree Works. To which I replied, "Yes." Name the please, company there. Name the company. Never going to get please, any booking please again. Please don't mention the company name on it. <laughs> Look. Don't fucking write it. Don't write it. Don't put it after. Because yeah. you're going to read it in chronological Ridiculous. order. Yeah. It, it doesn't add anything to the story. No. And to be honest, the way it was resolved was how you would resolve any story. How you'd resolve any situation he, like this at work. He must know you were going to read it out. He must yeah. know. Then he proceeded to tell... I'm not even going to believe it. I'm sorry, uh, John, but it's just the way it goes. He uh, Then he proceeded to tell me that one of our workers was at the top of a large beech tree pleasuring himself. <laughs> <laughs> when... When Bill returned, he admitted the indiscretion, and he didn't see too much wrong with it. Well, I mean that is—I mean, come on. He was—he was. Does he think that people don't look up like dogs? Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh,
1: He was promptly sacked, and we never saw him again. That's the end of the story, John. (laughs) <laughs> Wonderful, uh, and then he follows up. Three brings t- a whole new brings a whole
2: new like f- meaning to the word seedling. Doesn't and then
1: it? and then he uh, follows seedling. Lovely, uh, but Look then... at that little acorn up there. That's not an acorn. <laughs> but then he uh, chooses to follow up this email with uh, some names to describe the act. Uh, sycamore sausage slapper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is the headlines in the Sun newspaper. Right? Tree
1: tugger. Tree tugger's easy, yeah. Poplar penis puller. Yeah. Silver birch sausage badger. Yeah, bit bit complex that one. To yeah, be honest, John. yeah. Uh, John, I enjoyed that story. Sorry for mentioning the company, but I mean, if you're gonna, <laughs> he's not that sorry. He was he was fired for doing something dreadful, uh, and I think that's exactly how he should have dealt with it. He, he came, yeah. he was a great worker, uh, <laughs> and a care as well.
2: So that's the good news. What's the bad news? He's wanking up the top of a tree exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um I love it. If you, I, I wanted the email to end by him loudly protesting that he was on his lunch break. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on a break. This is my time. This is my time. Would it be
1: worse or better? I
2: think I saw a homeless man doing that in the street yesterday. Not good. He was not going for it. He was going good. for it in a sleeping bag. Would um, you like to end with an email of a man being disrespected in his own workplace? Yes, please. Okay, this is from Keith. Is this from a tree? He's not <laughs> Keith. Yeah, is it? doing My business. I'm Keith, and I'm a I'm a majestic oak tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would Never believe what someone was doing in my head. I was booked in for a haircut last week. <laughs> And I asked for no gel. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, this is from Keith. He says, um, hello. Hello. I wanted to chat um, about getting names wrong, something you talked about in episode 161. As my name is frequently misspelled, the I and E are often uh, transposed, he says, or mistaken for other K names. The most famous of the latter uh, occurred at my first job out of university. I was hired at a PR firm of about 50 people the week before their annual holiday shindig. at which the CEO recited a poem that included everyone's name. It's one of those workplaces. (laughs) Um, That she mistook my name as Kevin was forgivable as I'd only been there a week and did not have regular interaction with her. (laughs) However, (laughs) the next year, my name was once again read out as Kevin during the holiday poem, which led our IT manager to create an email address, Big Kev, which would always forward to my inbox. Right, Keith, I don't think people are respecting you. No. I think that's out of order. I think you deserve better than that. <laughs> Keith is not a difficult name to to, to, to work out, to learn. Yeah. Uh, and I think, frankly, people should make more effort. I pronounce it Fritz. <laughs> yeah. What does Sid think? What does Sid, the old fur <laughs> next door, think? I, ju- I just think that
1: uh, when people sort of... in make a big deal about getting someone's name wrong if you know that a name is coming up and you're talking that person you know I get footballers names wrong constantly but if you talk to somebody in like face to face and you there's nothing to stop you going sorry how do you pronounce that I'm I'm really sorry how do you pronounce your name and just say it properly but what happens if they say Emma right well then you've got the name Emma it's fine yeah but they know you're taking a piss well you wouldn't do it at that point you'd know their name that
2: falls down if it's a difficult name Uh,
1: yeah. I'd, I'd admit it's from, an easy name sorry. I'd admit from Sri Lanka It's she was called uh, Wandragla great and, name and the teachers would almost relish in how hard they found it to pronounce it and if I can do it as an
2: eight year it, it old, given the older, yeah, you've only got one name to remember. I've got a name, remember 30. You know? <laughs> good point. You yeah, used good to have to remember 20. But not in
1: They're or Smith or Jones or other members of I, TV. I f- genuinely don't
2: take any offence at all when someone forgets my name. It's not a big deal, but no. I am quite British and awkward about it when I forget someone else's. But yeah. yeah, that's just part of it. Part of the theme of this show over the, over the years has been. Awkwardness. Um, awkwardness, British yeah. awkwardness. And I guess it's just part of it. And wanking up trees. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. on that on that note, um, let's get out of here, Pete. Let's go away and enjoy the weekend. We're off to Lisbon. I'm sure we yeah. can talk about it on Monday when we're back. Have you ever uh, indulged
1: in onanism at altitude? <laughs>
2: text in. <laughs> what's the text number, Pete? Oh, I don't know. Zero seven nine five eight. He said, "My own name. What's, my own number there." What's the worst um, text that you've done on the radio? as in the most what's that smell that's up there no when you think shit my life is the absolute pits have you had a calippo yet
1: (laughs) that was quite recent
2: what's that smell what was the answer that
1: went really well what can you see what can you see was good what's that smell was good mate I'm just giving you gifts here for your talk spot show it's it's just you know
2: yeah we're kind of a Call little bit more high, we're talk sports a bit more high brown <laughs> um, anyway let's get out of here Pete press that button will you please oh yeah and, um, I brought me other tablet then, in today so I'm a bit confused I can then do the outro we'll be back on all Monday right it's com to email in and talk to us that's too loud oh if you've um if you've thought about emailing but haven't done it do it we love do hearing it. from you there's yeah. plenty of you out there that haven't got in touch yet please do so hello at lukeandpeacher.com it's been a pleasure thank you Pete uh, and we'll see you all on Monday bye bye
1: This was a Radio
2: Stakhanov production. You little wonder, little wonder you.
1: David.